Hello and welcome to Odds on Champions League round of 16. I'm Danayu and we are back to analyzing all remaining fixtures of the UCL together with the dream team Dani Fisichella and Alvaro Romeo. As always, we have prepared for you some great tips and predictions as well as tasty ACAS. So I strongly recommend that you watch the show until the very end. Please like the video, hit the notifications bell and subscribe to our YouTube channel to help us grow so we can keep delivering great content. Leave your comments below and let us know what are your predictions for this week's Champions League round of 16. And now it's showtime! Hello guys, nice to see you again after a while. Eduardo is taking a well-deserved uh, holiday once again. So I'll be joining you for this Champions League round of 16 analysis. How are you doing? All very good. Very well, thank you. You had very particularly successful uh, round in the Europa League, especially your Akkas were both correct. So let's hope we, we can uh, do that again for the Champions League. You look confused, Danny. <laughs> well, I think so. Fingers crossed, you know. It's a question of luck as well, but yeah. Of I mean, we, 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 we were good, so yeah, keep following our tips. What is gambling without luck? Just an educated Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, this time we have, uh, again, first leg of the remaining four games. First of which is Chelsea against Lille. Chelsea followed up their Club World Cup success with a hard-fought uh, win against Crystal Palace on Saturday. Only 1-0. The Blues have now won five successive, successive matches in all competi competitions. And as the odds suggest, they are the huge favourite here at Stamford Bridge. Uh, Lille, meanwhile, was held to a... Oh, oh uh, new nil draw with Mets on Friday night, and that means they have only won two in their last seven meetings. So, uh, Danny, what do you think about this game? Can we find well, some value here? The holders are obviously a favorite. Uh, they're not playing a particular uh, attracting and stylish uh, football, but they're getting the results. After all, what is style? without uh, results, uh, five clean sheets in the last 10. And you know, in the last 10 games, they had a long trip to Dubai. They faced Tottenham three times, they kept three, three clean sheets against them. They only were defeated 1-0 by Man City. They got the second best defense of the Premier League, 18 goals conceded, just one yeah. more than City. So that's a great effort from to Thomas Tuchel's men. And we remember last year when Thomas Tuchel took over in January, they started building up on the 1-0, 1-0, clean sheet, 1-0, 1-0 and that's how they progress to the Champions League uh, final. Look, I don't think the Chelsea supporters are particularly impressed with the Chelsea season so far. Already they yeah. already got a title. Many other teams don't have a title in the cabinet this season because uh, they haven't scored more than last season. They were hoping Lukaku would bring them more firepower up front. The problem is not only with the Belgian and his movements, but is also with the way his teammates serve him and give him the ball or don't give him the ball when he shows for it. So there is a, you know, he only scores seven in all competition, uh, Lukaku. Um, so Chelsea this season, they had to make up for the loss of Giroud last season, who scored 11, for the loss of Abram, who scored 12. So they got more, more goal scorers, 18 different scorers. At one point, the biggest goal scorer was Reese James for them. And, you know, last season, at the end of the season, they only had 
14 different goal scorers. So they are spreading the goal around. However, to win certain types of games, you do need, I think, your number nine and your strikers to be in, uh, in, in good form. And at the moment, perhaps they are not. However, they kept trickling shit in the Champions League. Um, they will be without key players, Chilwell and James, which were by far the best players in November when they dismantled Juventus. They might be well without Mount, who is really important for the pressing game of Tuchel. I think they still have the, the question, who's the best partner for Lukaku? Last year he was so good at Inter with Lautaro Martinez. Is it Ziyech maybe, the most technical one player? He has to play a little bit closer uh, to him. So who's scoring the goals that, as I said, Giroud and Abram did last season and Chelsea doesn't have? Um, they're going to keep it tight, I think. And for this reason, I'm going to go for the goals market. You know, the goals market under 1.5 goals in the second half. There's only, only one goal in the second half or, or no goals in the second half. That pays almost uh, double your money. Last time I checked on Ospedia was 195. Yes, uh, I like what Danny is suggesting. Uh, very quickly on Chelsea, I think that uh, you know Romelu, Romelu Lukaku hasn't uh, had a good integration in the team, and uh, I don't know if Daniel said that, but he touched the ball seven times only. Yes, uh, the other day. Yeah, uh, that is concerning. <laughs> but they did. They didn't give it to him when he was showing yeah. for it. No, you know, no, that's, absolutely. That's also, uh, you know. I always, I always consider these things like a collective failure rather than an individual one, really, really, because the supply that Romelu Lukaku is getting at Chelsea is a very short supply, but uh, I, little bit, uh, I kind of disagree with Daniele with the goals thing at Chelsea. Uh, last season, they proved that they can uh, win titles without having a recognizable, uh, really good scorer. Uh, in fact, uh, last season, Chelsea in the Premier League was the 16th team with the lowest uh, scoring uh, conversion in the whole league and Chelsea is one of the best teams in Europe um, and yet they ended up winning the Champions League and their conversion rate in the Champions League wasn't great either and their best uh, scorers in the in the in the in the season uh, they didn't score more than 12 goals uh, they were Tammy Abraham and Timo yeah. Werner so I think Chelsea has a lot of variety up front and that's why the goals are, are so shared between the players uh, I think Romelu Lukaku will end up being a good signing for them it's a matter of time but I do believe that Chelsea doesn't mind so much not uh, having a top scorer uh, what uh, Thomas Tuchel's side is uh, minding more is not being able to close the channels because I think that Chelsea is a master on that, and probably the team in Europe, at least uh, up till uh, November uh, 2021, that closes better the, the channels, the corridors, uh, so they deter you. I mean, they, they are uh, genuinely uh, one of the teams that uh, probably defend better, especially when Kante is on the pitch as well, because he's a massive help. And I know that uh, Chelsea, they beat Crystal Palace this weekend. I think that they are favorite for this tire. I'm pretty sure about that. And uh, they are serial winners as well. I mean, uh, this is probably, and I don't know if you trust or if you, sorry, uh, agree with me, but probably this is one of the most glorious periods in um, Liverpool's um, history. And Chelsea has won more titles than Liverpool since Jurgen Klopp arrived to Liverpool. So that tells you that Chelsea is a serial winning team. Since 2005, they have only had five trophyless seasons. And this one is not going to be a trophyless one already. So I think that Chelsea are going to be dangerous in the Champions League and they are not going to win the, the Premier League. When it comes to Lille, 
well, I don't see this opponent just uh, making it uh, very complicated for Chelsea in the tire. Maybe in this game, in Stamford Bridge, some surprise might happen. But anyway, uh, this season they are 11th in the league. They lost a couple of weeks ago 5-1 at home against PSG. Uh, that was a very, very significant result because PSG was in a very bad run. Um, they did a very good, great, uh, they, they did a very good group stage uh, because they won their last three games and that earned them the qualification, basically. But generally speaking, they haven't been very convincing. The only player who is still keeping the level from last season is Jonathan David. He hasn't scored for his club in 2022, that has to be said, but he has been scoring goals for Canada. So uh, he doesn't have a, or he is not going through a scoring drought. He's going through a scoring drought in, um, at Lille. But at the same time, this season, he has scored already 12 goals in the league. So I think that his performance has been pretty much as good as last season. But for example, players like Gilmath, who last season scored 16 goals, well, uh, their performance has faded away this season. So for example, yeah, uh, over there, uh, Lille is not that dangerous up front. There are many players at Lille that uh, Premier League um, uh, supporters will recognize very quickly. One of them is uh, Hatem Benarfa. He signed for Lille as a free agent in winter and maybe he plays this game. That would be very entertaining. Jose Fonte, former Southampton defender, the player who has played more minutes in the league this season. Uh, Renato Sanchez, who is doubtful for this game. So yeah, uh, those players can add some spice to the game. In my opinion, Chelsea is going to attack more. In my opinion, Chelsea is going to take more corners. So I will go for this and handicap corners. Minus 2.5 for Chelsea. That pays 141. It's very marginal. But if you go for the minus 3.5, that pays 173. I like the over 1.5 goals in the second half. I know that Chelsea normally opens up the games in the second half. Uh, that pays uh, two. And for example, the halftime full the halftime full time market home and home, meaning that Chelsea wins the first half and keeps the win in the second half. That doubles up your bet. Those are my favorite bets here. I think with Chelsea also has to be said they're home, they're very strong. They only lost one since September, defeat 1-0 to City. They were played out of the park. They won 9 out of 14. Basically, what they had a very rough patch in December. They had issue with COVID, issue with injuries, had to play a lot of games. So that's when they start shipping a lot of goals. But, you know, uh, the home form is good. Uh, I think where Chelsea struggle is against very organized and tight defenses. At Palace, it was only the first away win of the season in the Premier League. So Lille is a team that builds a lot of the successes around the defense. Last year, they were the best defense in Ligue 1. I think this year, they are a weakened team. The fact they didn't have Botman for a long time, they changed the keeper. Uh, Magnan went to uh, to Milan. But again, I can imagine with the away goals not counting anymore, mm. the Lille could try to sit deep and defend, perhaps in the second half, if they are behind one or two and then take a 2 nil disadvantage to uh, to the stadium. So another odds that I like is a second half double chance, X2 for Lille, which is 2.23, which I'm not suggesting Lille are going to win the game, but if they are one nil down in the first half or 2 nil down in the first half, they might try not to ship more goals and it's an X2 in the second half, 2.23. Makes sense, yeah. Reasonable bet. Okay, guys, I think we uh, cleared this one. So we should move on to the uh, Italian and Spanish teams. Villarreal against Juve. Villarreal smashed Granada 4-1 on Saturday afternoon and uh, are unbeaten in four consecutive as they welcome Juventus. The Spanish side is unbeaten in six at home and has failed to beat only Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid in that spell. 
Uh, Juventus dropped points on Friday night as they were held to 1-1 draw by Torino at the Derby della Mole. However, they have lost just once in all competitions that coming in the Supercoppa Italiana against Inter. And you were well aware that was very dramatic loss in the extra time, last minute of the last moment. <laughs> uh, maybe because of the injuries at the back, Juventus are not the favourite here. Mm, and this visit to Villarreal uh, will feel confident of earning in the first like advantage. What do you think, Alvaro? Yeah, I, you know, the bookmakers deem Villarreal as favourite for the game. But, uh, just slightly, go- just slightly. <laughs> yeah, slightly, yeah. But uh, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not buying that. I'm not getting on board with that. I'm going to go for the both teams to score here. Uh, that pays 195. And why is that? Because I think Villarreal has a certain firepower, as you well said before. They beat Granada 4-1 in uh, in mm-hmm. the league in the weekend with hat trick with Danjuma Grunewald, by the way, who has been one of the best signings of La Liga so far. And uh, that uh, hat-trick of Danjuma, it's uh, very soothing, refreshing, important and calming for Villarreal because Gerard Moreno is 99% out of this game. Uh, he's been having like a, a hell of a time uh, with injuries uh, this season and, uh, you know, some other player has to step up. I know that Dia, coming back fresh from the African Cup of Nations after having won it, can be another option for Unai Emery, but I think that uh, Danjuma Grunewald up front is uh, probably the biggest threat, even though he's not a recognized number nine. Well, he can play up front uh, in any of the three positions, and uh, if Emery decides to play in a 4-3-3, and uh, I believe that uh, this player can make a difference here. Uh, but yeah, Villarreal has a very good squad. I think that uh, one of the main differences with Villarreal last season and this one is that this summer they have spent more than ever in their history. That's why up front they've got like six or seven international players. Like uh, I'm not talking only about Gerard Moreno and Dan Yuma, but also about uh, Jeremy Pino, one Spanish star who is already uh, not only playing for the under-21 team, but he's also playing for the senior team in the Spain. Uh, also... Uh, a player like Samuk Chukwese, very important for Nigeria, uh, Dia, I mean, Paco Alcácer, the options are there. And Villarreal suddenly has become like a dangerous team with a certain dangerosity up front. And then they control the game very well uh, with uh, Parejo being the compass of the team. Uh, Parejo knows how to keep the ball, how to accelerate the game, how to slow it down, and probably Unai Emery is uh, already scared about not having Pareco in the Parejo in the return fixture because he is one booking away from missing the game at the uh, Juventus ground. Uh, when it comes to Juventus, well, I think that they've got defensive issues. Daniele, Daniele can amplify uh, that a little bit. Bonucci is doubtful for the game and then they are missing Chiellini, right, Daniele? And then uh, what about Kidibala or Federico Chiesa, those players who, in my opinion, uh, not only make the difference up front, but they trigger things and uh, those players are out. So maybe this is not the best time for Juventus to get here, but at the same time, I know that Villarreal defensively is not perfect, and Juventus, of course, uh, has absentees in defence. So both teams to score, as I said before, 195. Yeah, I tend to agree with that, because although Juventus kept three clean sheets in the last seven, in the last few games they played, uh, home to Verona, home to Sassuolo, against Torino in the derby, they did take the lead, but then they had bad spells during games. They do struggle to control games for 20-30 minutes, let's say, in the central part, and they do allow maybe not big chances from opposition. You know, Szczesny is one of the keepers that had to make less saves in Serie A, but they do allow the 
opposition to pounce on and that will happen in the derby against Torino we have to say Juventus were really depleted at the back because Alexandro had to play centre-back alongside the Ligt with a great game of course uh, so Juventus I think with the fact that they uh, both Blaovic in, in January as well as Zakaria they look more threatening they look more dangerous they start the game with a different belief and a different confidence before especially in the last game they played before the winter uh, mini break of a week when they played at Milan away they didn't have a single shot on target and the game could have lasted three days they would have never scored whereas here since they got Blaovic although by the way I don't think Blaovic is perfect yet because you know he misses some controls he missed some passes Bremer von Torino had him on his pocket the entire game against Juventus as he did against Fiorentina so he does he does suffer when there is a very physical defender right on top of him but Blaovic is allowing other players to play to run on behind him Morata is doing really well in this wide position so yes they look more dangerous but they are still the 10th attack of Serie A Juventus now I'm really interested whether Locatelli could play more of a box-to-box role instead of Rabiot having Zaccaria behind him because I think that's where this, the summer signing can really shine instead of playing as a, as a regista. But you mentioned, Alvaro, the injury concerns without Bonucci, without Chiellini, without Rugani. So it's going to be a makeshift defense as well. Um, but, you know, Juventus are in good form since the end of October. People tend to forget, but they have the same points as Inter or maybe one more. So they are really doing well. The thing is that they haven't played always very good football, but, you know, uh, they're getting back to the Allegri principles of keeping it tight scoring a couple of goals they are not a high scoring game yes a high scoring team yes of course also with the absence of Dybala look I'm going to be cautious on this one I'm going to go for a nation handicap zero for Juventus in the first half which pays 205 which basically means if Juventus wins the first half Al Madrigal you win 205 if he ends in a draw you get your money back and obviously you, know, you have to consider as Alvaro said the absence of Gerard Moreno I think he's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be important for Villarreal maybe 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 at, at the return game they might have it so moving on to Atletico Madrid and Man United uh, this is a clash of the inconsistent if I may say because both yes. teams are struggling to find their form uh, uh, this is the first game of on Wednesday night as well uh, where uh, the Spanish team has been all over the, the place mixing win and defeat where and the Saturday actually they managed to win with 3-0 against Osasuna. This was their first clean sheet in a while. Um, also, they have now Atletico Madrid the home advantage against another inconsistent team of Man United who are struggling to keep also keeping goals out of their net. Uh, the Red Devils can uh, congratulate themselves with a domestic win over Leeds with 2-4. Yeah. That was quite a dramatic uh, game. Uh, but there are too many questions uh, on both sides right now and I cannot really pick any clear winner. What about you, Danny? Very difficult, very difficult to pick a winner. Let's start with Man United. Yes, you mentioned the defense, massive issues. Only six clean sheets in the Premier League so far this season. Only two clean sheets away this season and zero clean sheets in the Champions League in the six group games. Yeah. So yes, defense is an issue. Not just the defense, I think it's the midfield, the way they control the game. Basically, Manchester United, they seem to play one very good half and one very bad half at the moment. You know, the first half against Brighton, was 
was appalling. The second half against Burnley was appalling. The second half against Leeds was okay, but you know, they conceded two goals in 24 seconds of play. The clock will tell you 54 seconds, but actually 30 seconds were of celebration between the two goals. So in 24, in 24 seconds, they conceded two against Leeds, which is a team that, you know, it's not in great, great form. And if you look at Manchester United, you say, where have they improved so far this season? I don't think they actually improved. They got four points less in the table at this stage of the season, the last season, they score nine goals less. This is a team that assigned Ronaldo and Sancho. They score less in the league than last season. They considered two goals more, despite David De Gea, I think, having a decent or very good season between the sticks. So yes, you can always think Manchester United can concede, but you can also think that Manchester United, being a team of individuals, of very talented individuals, they can have 50 minutes when they can score three goals past you. Uh, so it is very difficult to bet to bet to put a bet on Manchester United. Yeah, they're both to score. It's obviously the one I'm gonna go for because he pays very well, 195. Although also we know Atletico Madrid, they are not a solid rock defense they have been uh, in in previous years. And you know the problem with Manchester United. Maybe Ronaldo is only highlighting how dysfunctional they are. I don't think Ronaldo is having a bad season. I don't think Ronaldo is a problem. But, you know, he's a high performer. He's, you know, he's a very demanding player. Every time you leave him out, there is a problem with him. Maybe he's just highlighting that they haven't got a good enough midfielder. Uh, But, you know, uh, Rangnick, again, what has he changed? I can't really tell. Uh, They're not not playing particularly well. They're getting the points. They're getting the wins. You know, with Rangnick, they only had one defeat in the 90 minutes. But this is a team that, again, played Middlesbrough at home went to penalty there and lost. So a little bit of nerves there as well. You know, after the game, Rannick said, well, we were pleased because against Middlesbrough, we had all the chances. Excuse me, Middlesbrough is a championship team. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anybody can unsettle them in a way. Manchester United, um, I don't know who's going to be the pairing midfield. Fred McTominay, maybe. They don't convince me against very technical teams. Maybe they could match physicality of, of Atletico Madrid. But yeah, going forward, I... I'm, I'm not really not sure how much this Manchester United can pose a threat in the Champions League. Having said that, both league at the back, both to score 195. Yeah, yeah I'm going for something uh, for something similar. I think that uh, in this game, both teams to score is something that uh, can happen. I find it likely to happen that pace 195. Well, Daniele has uh, dissected very well uh, Manchester United reality. I would add maybe that. Um, Bruno Fernandes is getting better as the season goes by and uh, he is the second best uh, scoring threat in my opinion that Manchester United can present altogether with Cristiano Ronaldo who was again a convincing against Leeds United but you know I would like to make a parenthesis here and put it put this in brackets I mean Cristiano Ronaldo is a 37 years old man I mean, this is the moment when we have to start thinking that he is, if he is not very well surrounded with teammates who can supply the ball to him, he is not capable of uh, just creating goals for himself. Or that will happen rarely 
and uh, the same thing applies to Lionel Messi, a player who has just uh, decided to start playing 30, 40 meters away from the goal. So uh, the stats are going to go down. But you, I know that Cristiano Ronaldo, at the same time against Atlético de Madrid, he always had great nights. Uh, the last one probably in, 20, in 2019 uh, with Juventus when he scored the yeah. hat trick against uh, yeah. Atlético. You will remember that, Daniel, because uh, Juventus got, uh, you know, uh, a remontada against Atlético yes. that time. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that was the Atle famous Simeone celebration. Obviously, Atletico de Madrid, we know what they are all about this season. I mean, they are struggling to keep clean sheets. Uh, defensively, yeah. they are leaky. Uh, the team is not robust. Uh, physically, uh, they seem to be below par against everybody else. However, this weekend, they managed to look like their old self, uh, beating Osasuna 3-0 away, getting a clean sheet, and Joao Felix played very well. And then um, Luis Suárez scored a beautiful goal from 40 meters. Mm. So, you know, we saw glimpses of what Atletico de Madrid was a year ago. Will they be able to replicate it against Manchester United? Nobody knows. <laughs> who, who knows? That's the thing. The thing is that both are so unpredictable, that maybe one of them has a terrible game and the other one has a decent game. So... You know, according to the bookies, Atletico is favorite for this game, but Manchester United is favorite to qualify. And I cannot dispute that, really. Mm. But at the same time, I do believe that the unpredictability is so high that going for the full-time result um, probably will lead us to disappointment more than any other thing. Um, there is a player that is very important for Atletico, this has to be said, Yannick Carrasco. He is out for this game because he got a suspension against Porto in the last game of the group stage. And then my big question is who is going to play as centre-backs because uh, I know that if Jimenez and Savic are both ready and they might, they will play together and this is the best defensive duo Atletico can present. And who is going to play alongside Koke? Uh, in midfield against Osasuna, Simeone, by the way, tried something uh, quite uh, quite new this season. He ended up the playing, uh, he ended up the game against Osasuna with four midfielders, four holding midfielders, by the way. So I wouldn't be too surprised if Simeone does something like this this time, because Marcos Llorente is back and he's uh, a hell of an asset for Atlético de Madrid because uh, Herrera. Coque, players like this uh, could play together. So I wouldn't be surprised again if Simeone plays four midfielders or three midfielders and then two and a half strikers something like that so Simeone being a little bit defensive I'm gonna go for the following both teams to score as Daniel said that's good for me as well maybe over one goal in the second half uh, just for a marginal win that gives you 160 or over two goals in the game very similar one 167 so I'm going for the both teams to score and for the marginal wins here as you can say uh, as you can see um, I don't trust Atletico or Manchester United to the point uh, that I am backing any of them strongly. Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult to trust any of them, like you said. But the factor, Mr. Champions League himself, maybe it's a good bet to, um, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo to score at any time. I'm not sure what are the odds. It just came to my mind that despite his uh, not so great form this season, you know, this is his favorite tournament and he always does magic. Uh, that's the main reason why, why actually Man United are through the Champions League group yeah, stage uh, as, as the first team. So you never know what happens in these games. That's why the Champions League is the greatest competition out there. And the last match we have to analyze uh, for this uh, show is Benfica and Ajax. Benfica was held to a 2-2 draw with Boavista on Friday night. 
and drop more important points uh, in the title race. They did well to progress uh, for, from the Champions League group, but have won only two of their last five at home. By contrast, Ajax 1-0 win, win at Willem uh, extended their winning run to now 10 in a row, 10 games in a row. Uh, they're yet to lose an away game this season and progressed in the last 16 of the Champions League with a 100% record. It was amazing how many goals they scored and they, their defense is great right now. Considering this superb Ajax away record, in, um, they have a massive chance to secure a first leg advantage on Wednesday night, in my opinion. I think so. I think that Ajax uh, comes as a, as a favorite uh, into this game. Uh, their season is very impressive. Uh, this weekend, they didn't beat uh, Willem very um, impressively. 1-0, uh, it was like a short win, but still, uh, their numbers this season are pretty unbelievable. Uh, probably numbers for history. I mean, they have scored 108 goals already and we're still in February. And uh, they are doing uh, very well in every possible department because uh, in the defensive side, they are also very convincing. When it comes to Benfica, and I'm going to focus on them because Benfica is interesting. This season, they have sacked the manager, Jorge Jesus. Uh, they've got an interim manager now, Nelson Verissimo, and the results are not there. I mean, Benfica did a very, very heavy investment uh, two summers ago just to make sure that they started like a, like a, they, they started like a, a project that was going to uh, distance itself uh, from Porto and Sporting Lisbon and that hasn't happened. I mean, uh, the last results are really disappointed. They drew two all with Boavista uh, in the weekend, but uh, the story is that Benfica got a 2 nil advantage and they just shattered it in the second half, they didn't keep the lead and they ended up getting a point. Pretty much their title uh, options are over now because they are very far away from Porto who is leading the, the, Portuguese, uh, the Portuguese league. And in the high profile games, uh, apart from the game against Barcelona back in September, uh, Benfica is screwing up completely. They are out of the Taca de Portugal, they lost against Porto and they lost the final of the Tasha da Liga uh, against the Sporting. So those are their high profile games domestically and they haven't been able to win them. So this is Benfica right now. Um, they really need to qualify for the Champions League next season. Mm -hmm. Right now they are third and uh, that in Portugal takes you to the Champions League qualifying round and we saw what happened to Monaco in the Champions League qualifying round back in summer. So very careful with Benfica. They've got a very good scorer though, Darwin Núñez, the Uruguayan player is doing very well. Um, he has scored five of the last 11 uh, Benfica's uh, league goals, so the threat is there, but generally speaking, I think that Ajax uh, should be considered as a favorite here. I have no doubt um, that Ajax is going to have a very daring approach at Estadio da Luz, and uh, these are my bets here. Over 1.5 goals in the second half, when the game uh, is you know, open, I think that Ajax can score those goals, uh, that pays 190. And Ajax to score in both halves, 2-62. Let's not forget, they did this against a Portuguese opposition uh, back uh, in, in autumn against a sporting club de Portugal. And I think that they can do that against Benfica because Benfica is uh, right now a worse team than uh, a sporting club de Portugal. 
yeah, it was 5-1 at the Albalade, you know, 20 goals scored in the group stage before um, for Ajax. The numbers you mentioned, Daniel, are very good. Goal difference in Eredivisie, plus 65, yet they are only plus five points on PSV and plus six points on Feyenoord. So, you know, when people tell you, you know, the Eredivisie is not quite a challenging, well, it's not because, you know, PSV and Feyenoord are doing really well and I think they'll go far as well in their European competitions as well. But going back to Ajax, you know, Haller, 28 goals, uh, Anthony, five assists in the Champions League. These are the big names uh, for them. 17 different goal scorers for Ajax. So, mm. you know, the goals can come from a little bit all over the only question I got with Ajax maybe is the goalkeeper. I know we, Onana has not been playing because of doping. Now he's back. He went to the Africa Cup of Nations. Is Pazvirskir playing? Maybe, I don't know, we revert back to Onana. I think Onana has got better kicking than Pazvir. He's better with his feet. But, you know, you can't really change a goalkeeper who's kept so many clean sheets. But we'll see. Uh, Ajax is going to have a lot of the ball. They are second for possession in the Champions League, average 58.7 in the top five for shots, fourth for dribbles, so a very inventive teams. And, you know, uh, because they got the ball so much, uh, that's how they defend. They defend with the ball, they defend by attacking, they defend by getting the other players to run around the ball. The goalkeeper, Pazvir, didn't have many saves to make during the group stages, average two saves per game. Yes, Ajax conceded a few, but again, they can score a couple as well in the game. So I agree with Alvaro. I like the goals market, but I also like the Asian handicap market with Ajax being favorite. First half, Asian handicap minus 0.25 for Ajax. That doubles your money, which is 199. So if Ajax wins the first half, you win 199. If Ajax draws the first half, or, be- or better says, if Benfica manages to hold Ajax to a draw, you only lose half your stake. So I think that's a really good one if you think Ajax are going to be the dominant side at the Dallas. That's very good, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, me too. Exceptional work as always, guys. Uh, before we wrap it up, we have to you know, hear your ACAS of this match day. You go first, Alvo, because otherwise then I need to match up your odds. No, no, no. My odds here are low because uh, I find this week quite difficult. So uh, just listen, guys. Uh, this is my uh, proposal. Asian Handicap Corners, minus 2.5 for Chelsea. Atletico de Madrid, Manchester United, both teams to score. Atletico de Madrid, Manchester United, over one goal in the second half. Benfica, Ajax, over 1.5 goals in the second half. That pays 8.35. Okay, this time I go back to the new, I manage. But, but, but at the end of the day, you need to win the Akka. You can, you can have an odds yeah. of 90, but if you don't win, it doesn't really matter. Chelsea, clean shit. Villarreal, Juventus, double chance, X2. Atletico Madrid, Manchester United, over 2.5 goals. Ajax to win. Total odds, 12.78. Brilliant stuff. As long as we win, it doesn't matter if it's 10 odds or if it's 8 odds, because actually Akka's, it's about uh, having like uh, maybe like 4 to 5 odds um, to, you know, get the, the, the most secure things, the most uh, um, conservative bets and combine them for, you know, better better odds. But you guys always go uh, one level above and you go for even higher odds, which is great for both our audience and our pockets <laughs> if we manage to win. Thank managed. you, guys. It was a pleasure as always having you uh, being in your company and hope to, see, to speak soon. Ciao. Speak soon. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao.
there you have it, guys. All four games from this week's Champions League round of 16, analyzed and predicted by Alvaro and Dani. If you enjoyed the show, please like it, subscribe to the channel, and hit the bell to make sure to never miss the show again. Also, stick around because we'll be back tomorrow with more great shows, including the Europa League. Check out the rest of our YouTube content and follow us on all social media channels, including a podcast. And remember, guys, stay on the right side of the money.